Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Okay, I'm here at iDick with Russell Brower, who's from uh, Blizzard uh, Gaming. Yes, and I'm the senior director of audio and the and composer. Not the composer, yeah, a composer. Yesterday you were talking about how that when you're doing uh, 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 recording some music, you want someone to take us somewhere on a journey. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. In composing music for the games, when we first start to generate our ideas, rather than give the composers a whole lot of words and descriptive terms, um, all I tend to do is share with them a little bit of concept art, mm-hmm. maybe a little story background, but nothing about the music itself. And then I tell them, then go away, write about five minutes of music, and tell me a story. Right. All in music. <laughs> yeah, because I, 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 like when I, hear, when I hear a song, I want to be transported in, into the game, and it's a part of it. And when you hear, when, it, when you, certain games like Halo, you, right away, you're, you're involved in the game. And like World of Warcraft and, and stuff like Skyrim, etc., all you hear is music and transport it into another world. Absolutely. It becomes as iconic and as associated with the game and all the experiences you've had as, um, you know, a scent of roses or something like that, or maybe a popular song. You know, if you've ever had a song that became the soundtrack to maybe a relationship or a certain time of your life, um, so it is with people who who game because they've had so many memorable experiences while playing, that music becomes associated with it. And if you take the music outside of the game, it just brings their imagination right along with it. Like years ago, there's a movie called Cousin Barbarian, and a guy called Basil Poldorius did the soundtrack. May he rest in peace. Yeah, he was an incredible composer. Yeah, and that's stuff. When you hear him that, I'm hearing, his, I'm hearing what he's doing now. If he was like that, he'd be doing what you're doing. Because his music is so like that. That's so evocative. Uh, that's a high compliment, and I thank you. I, uh, the um, gentleman who founded Video Games Live, who yeah. we're going to see tomorrow night, um, he often has said, he firmly believes if Beethoven were alive today, he'd be writing music for yeah. video games. Because I, I hear Beethoven and this guy Basil sort of, well, they, well they, what they did, it's iconic. And if you hear Beethoven Fifth Symphony, you know, da 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 you know it's him right away. And then when you hear Basil, you know his stuff right away, and he, what he's do, doing, it was ahead of his time. Because I'm hearing what he did then, with now being a video game, without a doubt. Absolutely. Um, certain properties like Conan and uh, definitely the Peter Jackson version of the Lord of the Rings yeah. movies, were all very important to everyone at Blizzard. This was, I mean, we we are the audience for yeah. those films, and so therefore, because we want to make the games that we want to play, uh, there's there's no surprise at all that if we felt a certain way while watching Conan or watching yeah. Lord of the Rings, um, we go out wanting to in move people in a similar way, like. When I was young, I when I first heard the end of uh, Walt Disney's Fantasia and A Night on Bald Mountain by Mussorgsky segues yeah. into Schubert's Ave Maria, that transition from the profane to the sacred was the part that moved me to tears yeah. because it's and, and, and at that moment in time, I remember I was like nine or ten years old, and when I heard that and I started just becoming emotional, I thought 
oh, please, someday let me work on something that makes me and maybe other people feel this kind of thing. It yeah. doesn't have to be the... In fact, I don't want to copy, but it's just... But I want to be able to move somebody. And your music goes like, so why not play in the game? But that's music. The game wouldn't be, wouldn't be what it is. Because it makes more of a... And a 3D sound effects. When you play in the game, music as as to it. I mean, you go to certain areas in the game. You hear a theme coming up. You know, uh oh, bad guys. Right. Like in a, like in a movie. Like if you go in a movie and you're being chased by a slasher, and you're coming, you know, you're this. You know, you're going to be like Bernard Herman, for example. You know, he's a going huge to influence on me. Yeah. Bernard Herman is was a, an incredible talent, and I, I have been. I try to channel him sometimes in my writing because he used so many unusual combinations of instruments to tell his stories. And the timbres were very unusual and unexpected. So um, absolutely, it music can communicate on a whole other level. Yeah. And it's not language dependent. It's not doesn't have to be translated. It's, uh, it is universal, as the cliche says. And I... Um, when I was watching the the uh, traditional the DIT traditional Irish ensemble yesterday, yeah. I was again taken to this other place. They were playing uh, beautiful music from some very popular games, and but then re mere imagined as this in this traditional Irish style, it um, it blended the real old world with our favorite fantasy worlds, yeah. and uh, that was like. I mean, that was like candy. And, you know, it was just an amazing experience. Yeah. And moving. I'm, I'm a big fan of the of fancy games and movies. And when I hear the music, if the music doesn't fit in, I can tell it's going to be a bad movie. Like, I've seen a few really bad ones on Cyber Channel that are done on a cheap budget. And you know, by the way, that the guy who's composing the music, his first time out of college, you're doing this, and you just know what he's doing. And you get something like Howard Shaw when he did, when he did Lord of the Rings. Because he'd he done basically a movie like Titanic, he was used to big budget. Do this, you did that. And other guys, like John Williams, for example, he's got a motif from Jaws. Da, da. You know his motif, who, who, who it is. And with you guys, if you have got your name on a game, and I was you, you know it's going to be quality. Well, thank you very much. And some credit should be definitely given to the directors of those films because, and our games. Yeah. Because, um, you know, in the scenario described where the music didn't really fit, you have to th remember too that. Uh, it wasn't just the composer who uh, created it, but uh, someone asked for it and someone allowed it to be in yeah. there and kept it in all the way to the end. And if it wasn't working to, uh, like if the, if, if the majority feeling is that oh, this isn't quite working, then probably both parties um, just need some more time and immersion. And it might be about getting to know each other better and how to communicate uh, more more effectively and one thing I always learn from directors is how to get into the story at a whole nother level I mean I read a script and think okay I know what to write here yeah. but the directors really if they're good they will they will open up entire uh, categories of emotions and hidden meanings and, and, and things that the music could help convey that the, mm -hmm. that the dialogue does not and uh, if they're doing their job well and I'm listening well, there'll be a lot of really yeah. great, uh, uh, it'll, it, it becomes their work and my work, they add together and become greater than the sum. Of like Ernie Marconi and Sergio Leone, when you heard their stuff, 
right away. It's evocative. Especially when you hear da 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 da. And you know right away it's, it's going to be something that's, that's special. And throughout the years, Macaulay has always done great music, but until this year, he never got an Oscar. And finally, he got one, which was well deserved. And he's the guy, I think, in, over the years, he's the guy that everyone's up to because of what he's done. We've all been influenced by him. Yeah. Uh, I had the pleasure to meet him right the day before the Oscars. Yeah. And uh, he just, uh, an amazing person. In fact, it was, uh, I don't know if I can pull this off and be funny, but, but it's like he and John Williams were nominated for Oscars this, this past uh, yeah. season. And, um, and John uh, gave, you know, his little speech. This was at a reception yeah. honoring all the, all the nominees. And, and John said, you know, I'm really grateful to be here when, you know, alongside Enya, who, you know, has been such a great inspiration to all us younger composers. Yeah. Which was pretty funny because, you know, John just turned like 85 or something yeah. like that. <laughs> so he finally there was... You know, it's, we're so lucky to have Ennio around. Because when you hear some stuff, when early stuff he was doing, it, it was uh, different with the guitars and vocals coming in. Yeah. And then later on, when you see like the mission, and he's doing that, he's got full orchestra, all that. I'm thinking it, it's just a change, but it's still him. And he, he's not scared of anything. No. And uh, and again, credit to the director, you know, and Sergio Leone and, and, and others who who uh, embraced his. Uh, wanting to think different to borrow a slogan. Yeah, because if you look at Tarantino, he said, "I want I want this guy in because he, he's a maverick and he, he's a uh, ever knows him. He's a, he's a cult musician, and he got him in and fair play to him again. And you other other guy like John Williams, was always with Spielberg. Herman mm-hmm. always always worked a lot of stuff he's done with a Hitchcock. So you get guys and they got a partnership. Like I said, if they work well together, you know that it's going to be a good movie. Because when I when I hear Spielberg. I'm thinking John Williams, like E.T. Or, or Jaws or anything that she's done. When I'm in Herman, I'm thinking of, it's got to be, he has to work he, he's done with, with Hitchcock. Right. And if I, if I see with somebody else, it's not going to be the same because I'm, those two are together in partnership. And when you see those two names on, on a movie poster, you know you're going to get quality. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think, you know, the, the game industry often parallels Hollywood. It's just it happens faster in games. What yeah. Hollywood has taken almost 100 years... To accomplish, uh, games tend to operate about uh, three or four times the speed. So, I always say, in Hollywood terms, video games are probably up to about the nineteen seventies or so. Yeah. So it's only, and it only took us, you know, thirty years to get there instead of, uh, you know, sixty or so. And um, so, what that means is, you know, I think the the John Williamses have yet to show themselves or the great combinations of game directors and composers or, or, or game cinematic directors and composers. There's some amazing talents out yeah. there. Um, but, you know, we'll all probably, we might all need to be dead by the time, you know, we're... Because <laughs> I can remember years ago, if you were an actor and you appeared in TV, you, could, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't appear in movies or vice versa. Nowadays, I'm thinking of, of composers. They wouldn't have would appear in a video game. Because nowadays, if you're an actor, you can appear in TV and also appear in movies. Now, whereas years ago, one or the other. Right. And now with composers, actually, a lot of composers that want to appear in a video game as well because they get more of a reach. It's considered uh, where it once was considered not sexy enough yeah. or lowbrow or something. Now it's considered a badge of honor. And it probably runs the gamut both from the fact that it is far reaching, as you said, yeah. to the fact that. 
a lot of the uh, composers may have families now and have young kids. And I, I, I can tell the story best by, uh, since I don't have children, there is a, uh, some world-class musicians I've used. And like, there's a drummer in particular, uh, Jerry Murata. I, he played with Peter Gabriel. He played with, uh, you know, Paul McCartney and all yeah. these different people. And his kids couldn't care less. Couldn't care less that he played with Paul McCartney yeah. or, uh, you know, the Indigo Girls or any of these people. But he, when I gave him a video game gig, his kids went nuts. They were just like, oh my God, my dad is a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think in a lot of cases, some of these, you know, the composers have, you know, their kids are like, yeah, dad, Oscar, Schmoster, when are you going to do a video game? <laughs> yeah, because I've seen basically some kids, they say, dad, you're an actor, do this book here, and they give them a book that they should do as a movie, because they don't understand, the movies you do, we don't get, but if you do this, I'll be cool in school tomorrow, because everyone, everyone, everyone knows this book. <laughs> Well, you rely on the young people to tell you what's what's happening these days sometimes. Yeah, you know? perfect. <laughs> That's great. Thanks for that.